Fans, don't forget, in these uh, times that we're going through now, you need a good bank, and Bridge Bank is the way to go. And I've said this countless times uh, since we started doing the shows uh, this way in March. There are so many pitfalls, so many forms to fill out, so many things to do to qualify for loans and to get things going for your business. Bridge Bank gets it done. Uh, Fred Voss, of course, the senior marketing director here in Northern California, has been on with us. Ivichito Cordova, Mike Letterman, Anthony Garcia, uh, Jesse Garcia, sorry, down in San Jose, uh, formerly of Bellarmine High School. Um, they they understand banking, plus they love baseball, too. So uh, give Bridge Bank a call. Check them out online. Bridge Bank, a member of the FDIC and the Western Alliance Bank family. Joining us from Arizona, I'm sure in triple digits, he writes for the Arizona Republic. We love having him on during the season, and uh, he's a good colleague and a good friend. That is Nick Picoro. Nick, how are you? Hey, Marty. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me back. Oh, we we're glad to have you. Triple digits today? Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's uh, it's smoking hot. It, we had a little a little bit of a respite. Um, I don't know when you went back, uh, but I know last time we talked, it was it was real hot. But it cooled down for a little bit, and it's probably back to being real real hot for a real long time. Okay, all right. Uh, we had J.P. Hornstra on the show uh, with us uh, this evening. And talked a little bit about the mood in L.A., uh, baseball-wise. And uh, Arizona, I see the protests are picking up a little bit more. The COVID-19 cases are picking up dramatically more, uh, which I'm sorry to see. And, uh, of course, I left in the middle of the May, middle of May when things were opening up. But, you, you know, you're down there. You cover the Diamondbacks, but you're part of the community. How, do you, how is the community dealing with COVID, number one? And number two, um, the impact it may have on baseball as we go forward, because it sounds like there will be a season in some form, which we'll talk about in a second. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think people are are dealing with it in a lot of different ways, um, and I, I I don't think there's any real like uh, consensus. I guess it just feels like a lot of people are are uh, kind of ready to just move on and, and ready to go on with their lives. And I go out and I go to places and don't see too many people wearing masks, um, which, which is probably part of the reason why, like you said, um, things are the way they are. Um, and, you know, and I, I think that there's other people that are kind of calling on, on, you know, more action from our, our, uh, elected leaders, uh, but they haven't really done anything about it. Uh, the governor held a press conference, um, last week that was basically just the message was don't worry we have the hospital beds it really wasn't anything about how we can slow it or you know what else can be done it was more like you know it it almost felt like hey it's okay go ahead and get sick we'll be able to handle it um which you know is a is a troubling thing for me to hear but for other people i mean i I know a lot of people just are, are ready to get on with it and and maybe ready to roll the dice in a way um but yeah, and then and then I mean, and it it feels like with all that going on here, um, with uh, obviously the the Black Lives Matter movement, um, it really feels like sports and baseball have have very much moved to the back burner. Um, and then you you know you talk about the the labor dispute, and I think that I think forces it even further to the back of people's minds. Um, that's kind of where I would I would say it stands at the moment. Boy, Nick Picaro with us, Arizona Republic. Good answer on that. Um, 
You know, through Twitter and uh, the social media platforms, of course, uh, there's so much going on in the world, which you just described, other than just baseball. But it seems uh, 90% uh, sort of like, come on, let's get this thing settled. If we're going to play, play. Is that the feeling you get from the fans down there? I know, you, of course, you're the national, not the national, but the beat writer for the Diamondbacks, and I'm sure you get a lot of tweets and emails. What kind of emails are you getting? Uh, yeah, I mean, most of the things that I'm seeing from people is, is, uh, they, they can't believe that they can't get this figured out. Um, you know, given where we are as a economy, as a society and just how bad of a look it is, I don't disagree with that. Um, I also think it's just such a, uh, trying, uh, situation for both the players and the owners to try to come to an agreement at a time when they don't have any revenue coming in in the form of tickets. Uh, I, I, I guess it's just like, it feels just like classic baseball to me to have, to have like the worst possible outcome um, and be, and be blamed for all of these things. Uh, I, I guess what I mean is like, look at the NBA and the NHL, they're, you know, 75, 80%, maybe further, I'm not sure into their season. Mm-hmm. They already made a lot of money. They already had a lot of, you know, fulfilled a lot of their contractual obligations. It's a lot easier for them to figure out a way back. Baseball, it's just, this is a really difficult thing to negotiate. And then you add in the fact that there's a pandemic going on and, and it's, and the fact that you're trying to figure it all out in a short period of time and that there's acrimony between the two sides. Like, yeah, they, they, they should, it'd be really disastrous. I think if they don't come to a, to an agreement and, and work something out, um, and I mean, like you said, there's probably going to be some season. Uh, but like, I also understand why they're having so much trouble. It's just a, it's a really tricky spot to be in. Yeah, it is. It's complicated. And uh, I say the negotiation should be the easy part. It's how you play a game and move people around and stay away from the virus and uh, what baseball is going to look like without fans. Try watching 50 or 60 games without fans, what that's going to be like for a listening audience. So there are a lot of tricky moments ahead, although Turner Sports did kick in a billion starting, I think, in 2022. I think uh, Bob Nightingale wrote uh, for some of the playoff rights. So the money is there. And I agree with you. This is this is one of those tricky situations. Well, the draft gave me a little bit of joy to see young people get excited and jump up and down and the families and some genuine baseball joy uh, for a change. Uh, the Diamondbacks went heavy on pitching. And the one fellow, uh, Jarvis from Duke, uh, had a tremendous, tremendous background. His dad, of course, pitched in the big leagues as well. Tell us about the Diamondbacks draft. Yeah, I agree. It was it was kind of nice to watch that and, and actually see some baseball on TV again um, and some guys that you might be able to see down the road. I, gosh, it was. I don't know if you watched much of the second day, but it just felt like there was just too much time between picks. It just felt like it was taking forever. I, I don't know what the answer is to try to televise day two of the draft, but it it really felt like it was dragging. But um, yeah, the Diamondbacks wound up taking four pitchers out of their five selections um and yeah bryce jarvis the son of kevin jarvis uh was their first one he's uh really turned himself into a a guy with with pretty darn good stuff he went from being kind of a strike throwing you know a little bit of a on the softer type uh to a guy that's thrown in the mid 90s now um so they really like him um and yeah i mean their their system has got a lot of good young position players a lot of up the middle type of guys 
and uh, and now they've added in some arms arms in this draft and and last year. So it's uh, it's it's really kind of helped to balance out their system. I I I really like what they're doing. It, 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 I think the future is. I mean, look, who knows what these guys are going to be, but it, it's it's easier to to feel good about the future for this organization. Well, that's a, that's a positive way way to look at it. Um, pitching wise, you never know what you're going to get. Um, if, if there's a 50 game season, do you feel the Diamondbacks are in good shape? And again, who knows what it's going to look like, what the taxi squad will look like, what shape people will be in. But um, <clears throat> do the Diamondbacks have enough pitching even for the 50-game season? Yeah, I I actually would feel like that's a thing that they have a fair amount of. Um, uh, I think that going into spring training, uh, I don't know where you stood. I can't remember how much we've talked about Merrill Kelly. But, uh, you know, kind of a, a really, to me, a, a solid number four, number five starter. Uh, had a really solid year last year in that role. I mean, assuming you're, you know, aligning your expectations in with that slot in the rotation. They didn't have a place in the rotation for him if, if the season had started, um, if everyone had had been healthy when the season started. Um I, I think beyond that, they've got a kid named Alex Young who threw pretty well. So I mean, that's a that's kind of a, a seven deep right there uh, in their starting pitching. And, and the first five are guys that you know, obviously Bumgarner and Luke Weaver and Zach Gallen and Mike Leak and Robbie Ray and I think that's everyone. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's it's a pretty decent rotation, and and they've got a couple of guys there behind them um, that you feel good about the depth, but. You know, it's just going to be such a weird situation because you're going to be asking guys to ramp back up a few months after they were already ramped up once. And I, I, I can understand why a lot of people seem to have some trepidation about what that's going to entail and if that's going to lead to a lot of injuries. So we could be seeing teams dipping, despite only being you know a 50 game season. Maybe teams are going to be dipping as far down into their pitching uh, depths as as they do in a normal year. I don't know. Uh, it'll it'll be uh, I I'm a little afraid I I, I just kind of wonder what's going to happen with a lot with a lot of those guys. Um, it's just such an such an unusual thing for them to be putting their arms through. Well, interesting. Uh, Nick Bacora with us. Nick will uh, ask you one more tough question. Uh, Black Lives Matter. What will be the effect in a baseball clubhouse or in a baseball field that that we will actually feel a tangible effect of that? Wow, I have no idea. I I hadn't thought about that. I would I would like to think that um that you know, at least baseball in a lot of ways is a bit of a meritocracy um when it comes to giving opportunities to guys to play. Um but I think that this game has a long way to go in in terms of uh you know, actually getting the the black community playing baseball. It's it's this game has kind of turned into in a lot of ways, I've talked to a lot of scouts about this. Guys on the amateur side, it's kind of turned into a bit of a country club sport in a lot of ways where the guys that are getting drafted are often guys that are coming from strong financial uh, situations and, and uh, you know, affluent families. Um, you know, the kids have a chance to go play in front of the right scouts or get in front of the right coaches or, you know, play on those travel ball teams. And, and it's, uh, it's a problem. Um, and I, I, I think it's an issue. I think, I think that's some of the same stuff explains why the, the front offices lack so much diversity. Um, so the game has definitely has a long way to go. I know they've been trying to address these things for a long time, um, but I don't, I don't know. That's a really good question in terms of what, what is, what is going to change in, in the room. Um, I don't, I, I feel like it's always such a, 
such a hodgepodge and such a, uh, you know, melting pot or whatever you want to call it in those clubhouses. And, and most of the time it seems like, you know, look, every, there's always clicks and stuff, especially when language barriers are involved. But it feels like with the Diamondbacks, at least the teams I've been around, all those guys seem to get along real well. Um, but I, I, that's a really good question. I'd be curious to see if there is going to be much change. Yeah, that's a story for baseball to see how it plays out. But uh, in my opinion, there's no turning back. And baseball can't uh, turn or turn away. And uh, issues cannot be sidestepped. And you can't say, well, that's what happened in uh, in June, in May and June. And, uh, okay, let's forget about it. Let's go back to business as usual. It's going to be different at the ballpark, and baseball is going to have to be responsive for that. But you're right. It's a good question. I don't know the answer, but uh, that is something that we'll see how it plays out. Well, hey, I appreciate you being on, as always, um, and getting a, a good, interesting report on the Diamondbacks. You're positive for them. And, of course, uh, getting all the pitching, uh, the more pitching, the better for Arizona because they sure could score some runs. And uh, we'll yeah. see how this thing turns out. Plus, you got Bumgarner. We forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, but I mean, Marty, in a fifty-game season, like, I mean, we're talking about really? what, the, the middle or end of May normally, yeah. right? I mean, that's a. What are we saying in the middle or end of May? Like, it's early. Uh, so much can change. Like, I don't know. It does make you wonder about the legitimacy of of that kind of a season. But hey, at least it'll be baseball, and at least we'll have something to watch. Yeah, exactly. And we'll see what the, how fans react to you know watching games with no fans. But I know what baseball wants, and uh, they they do want to get it back on the on the on the picture and they want to get to a postseason where all the money is. And that's, that's what this whole thing is all about. So, Hey, take care of yourself. And uh, always a pleasure having you on. If something comes up, we'll give you a call. Appreciate it. Okay. Sounds good, Marty. All right. That is Nick Pecoro. Always a pleasure to have him on from the Arizona Republic. Hey, if you're around original Joe's North beach, uh, of course, in San Francisco, Monday through Thursday, 3 PM to 9 PM. Friday noon to 9 p.m., Saturday and Sunday 10 a.m. to 9 p.m., with brunch offered from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., 415-775-4877. Now, I've been in touch with Carolina today from Original Joe's, and outdoor seating is now available at Original Joe's North Beach. Same menu that they offer for takeout, but outside. So good news for John Dugan the most unique restaurateur in Bay Area history, and certainly right now. And uh, Carolina, thank you for that update. That's Original Joe's North Beach. Westlake's still the same, and we'll have more on that as the show goes on tonight. All right, more coming up. We thank Nick Picaro. More coming up, KMBR 680, 104.5, the sports leader.